Hi guys, here we go. We're getting pretty close to the NRLW season. It's inching closer. Mon Siena. Um, the question I've got for you, let, let's let's have a little bit of a chat here pre-show before we get into things. We've got to start to offer our predictions for the NRLW season. Um, I'm, I'm scared that this is going out to the masses because our ability to predict uh, these squads at the moment is going to be pretty difficult. But Mon, jump in. The question I've got for you is which team is going to dominate and then which team is going to surprise in the upcoming uh, in the upcoming season? Um, so team that's going to dominate, I believe, is going to be uh, the Dragons. Um, I've got to back my Dragons here as a loyal Red V supporter. Um, I just think that they came so close last year to winning, taking out the the series. Uh, um, they had an amazing campaign. Um, I don't think they've lost too many of their superstars and even so they have um, signed some great up-and-coming talents. Um, it's very exciting to be a Dragon supporter, that's for sure. Um, and then for the team that I think is going to surprise, um, I've got to also go for my um, Newcastle Knights and support my friends in, in um, that team. Um, I just think with the signings that they have got and um, – couple of returning players coming back to Newcastle from other clubs. It's um, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system, I think. Yeah, and, and that's right, Mon. That's that's the correct answer, obviously. My mighty Newcastle Knights. But before I give away my very, very obvious answers, Sienna, what's your thoughts? Which hey. team's going to dominate? Which team's going to smack, you know, which team's going to surprise everyone? Um, yeah, I, I cannot wait for this uh, competition to, to be underway. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're so close now and it's so exciting for everyone. But clearly we just love the Dragons on this show. I'm going with the Dragons as well. Um, I think they've just got such a good mix of up-and-coming talent and established players who can lead from the front to show those up-and-coming girls how to how to play in the NRLW essentially. And um, it's just going to be awesome, I think. And definitely for my surprise team, we're going to have to go with the Titans. I think they have recruited so well. And on this show, we love Emily Curtin too. And she's going to be a superstar up there. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, we're trying to, you know, just, just sort of, you know, um, you know, lay down, plant some seeds that, uh, you know, the Titans are, are building something special there. And, you know, we spoke last week around, you know, some of their juniors and their nursery that's sort of happening behind the scenes. And, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. You know, a lot of people are probably thinking they're probably not out-and-out contenders. But, you know, you run through that squad and, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. All right, team, uh, dominate and surprise. The, the team is going to dominate. And I don't know, like, am I jinxing myself by saying this? I don't know how I feel about saying it out loud. But, uh, look, the mighty Newcastle Knights, I, I don't know. I, this must be what it feels like to support like the Melbourne Storm maybe, like in the uh, in the NRL. Like you go out, you get some of these these big high-profile high players. Look, I'm not used to it, um, and I'm not used to success when it comes to that red and blue jersey. So hopefully I haven't uh, haven't sabotaged the girls, and, um, you know, we've got a really good campaign going. But, uh, yeah, uh, after what was it, you know, pretty pretty challenging first, um, you know, first uh, campaign there. Hopefully the Newcastle Knights can uh, do some special things. In terms of the team that's going to surprise, look, I'm going to go with the Parramatta Eels. I think that... Um, yeah, I, I love the way in which they've gone about sort of building their club. I have a lot of uh, respect for their coach there in, in Dean. I think he's really trying to, um, you know, uh, build that team in the right way. Um, and, you know, I, I just can't help but love their forward pack. And I think that, 
in a competition that can get a little bit uh, frantic at times. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty, you know, there's not too many games in the competition as well. Having a very strong forward pack puts you in a really good position. So, um, yeah, expecting a big um, campaign and a big tournament from Parramatta's middles, that's for sure. All right, guys, enjoyed that, but uh, let's get into the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, Season 2, Episode 39. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, As you heard there in the pre-show, we've got Mon and we've got Sienna here tonight. And uh, again, we are getting so close this NRLW season. We are so excited. And look, we really do appreciate um, all of our listeners reaching out and having a little bit of banner on the socials. So, you know, stay in touch with us. Um, you send us a few messages. We want to know who you're supporting. Um, yeah, we kind of need to know. We kind of need to get help us with our predictions because, um, yeah, it really is anyone's game at the moment. But tonight we have one of our favorite segments um, on the Sports Network, All Ball, where we get to sit down and interview um, a very, very special guest. Um, so let's dive into it. Let's talk all things All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? If I can influence people positively, then yeah, my work here is done. Did I say this was my favourite segment or what? I think I say that a few weeks, but it really is. We get the opportunity to sit down and talk with um, you know some of the best players in the game. Um, and uh, look, we absolutely love doing what we do here at Mojo Sports. So this this week, uh, our our guest for this week has done it all. As a former rugby sevens player, Chantel Stowers has transformed into a strong outside back, having played three seasons of NRLW with the Sydney Roosters and the New Zealand Warriors, and has represented both Samoa and New South Wales in rugby league. Unfortunately, Chantel has had some um, some several injury setbacks throughout her career, but hasn't let that stop her. With experience across multiple teams, we're looking forward to learning how Chantel has overcome adversity as an athlete um, and have a little bit of a chat about you know what it takes to get back on the path to success. Chantel, welcome to Mojo Sports. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, look, we're excited. Let's dive straight into it because there's no time to waste. I I find it interesting to sort of take it all the way back and I guess get a little bit of a sense of your sporting background. Like what was your earliest memories of sport? It obviously doesn't have to be connected to to, to the code that you currently play, but um, yeah, what's some of your earlier sort of sporting athletic uh, memories? I think it's just a running around the backyard with my brothers. Like everything was competition and sport. And I came from a small town where um, there was lots of green grass. So you just filled it up with uh, like games like cricket and, and rugby. And I love the basketball courts and I love the netball courts as well. So I mixed it up between a few codes when I was younger. Shani, obviously being a little bit, um, yeah, modest about, you know, your, your, your background in uni, like, like talk to us a little bit about that because um, the idea of playing sevens, it's just, I mean, I have to be, you know, it's intimidating. There's just so much space. It just doesn't, have, there doesn't appear to be any room for any sort of error. Um, certainly, uh, you know, it, its own unique sport, you know, to talk to us a little bit about, yeah, that, because as you mentioned, 15 years, that, that is pretty incredible. Um, a lot of incredible memories, I'm sure a lot of lessons. And, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things that you're able to bring into league before you started out in your league career. 
Yes, uh, sevens has actually came a little bit further down the line for me. When I first came over to Australia, I was here for about a month at the age of 21 um, and I had previously represented New Zealand. So I was picked up straight away about a month in over here in Australia and I actually had a three-year stand-down period. So because I was picked up by Australia straight away, I had the opportunity to train with them at that level, um, but I could not take the field until my 36 months was up. So in 15s is where I was for quite a while and in that environment, there were an old lot of stalwarts like we had um, Selena Worsley, who I know also plays league. She was there. And what I saw and sitting on the sidelines for um, that period of time in her game was absolute passion for the sport. She wasn't there to just kind of play. She was there to make an impact. And that for me is where I was grabbed. I was like, there is purpose in these players who are playing this game. Obviously, we didn't get paid. Um, I actually paid to play in my very first sevens tournament in Hong Kong sevens. So it was a very long time before payments came about and everything in this environment was about your pride and your purpose and real commitment to the game. So, yeah. Yeah, that that is incredible. And you've spoken about having that 36 months on the sideline. Obviously, that's got to teach you a lot of lessons, just sitting back in the stands waiting for the opportunity. So what has that taught you? that you bring about today when you play league and that pride that you learned from that 15s? Yeah, it's actually really put my me in my place in regards to expectation um, and knowing that if you have a goal, whatever it may be, to be in that starting lineup or to be in the team at the end of the day, what you must do first is add value like where you are right now in the present. So if you can't be on the field, how do you add value outside of being on the field? So that's leadership. So that's how do I contribute to my team? What am I bringing? Um, is it the good vibes? Is it helping out my mate with that verbal assistance? Whatever it may be. But um, it's taught me to bring a lot more than just my skill set to the game on the field. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you get to a point where, you know, you, you know, you uh, take that step into rugby league. You join this dark side of uh, rugby league that, that we all love so much. But, um, yeah, talk to us about, you know, that, that, that shift over. And I guess everyone's, um, everyone's pathway experiences looks very, very differently when it comes to the women's game at the moment. Obviously, you've got your background. But, yeah, what did it look like for you when you first moved over to league? Yeah, I actually had an ACL injury. So that's what gave me a little bit of time out um, to think about if I wanted to make the switch on my return. Um, and then when I did come back, I actually came back to the nine aside format and it was with the Cronulla Sharks. So what had happened at that time was Cronulla Sharks was doing a four round exhibition um, series and that was in the hopes of having the NRLW in the following years so um, that was very enticing to me when I came through 15s that was when it started to grow and we were able to have actual test matches and double headers with um, Wallabies and then when I went to sevens that's when like the Olympics came about and that big boom of growth was there where you were offered your first time full-time contracts and so for me I feel as though being a part of all of those pivotal moments is something that's going to stay with me forever and I want to be a part of all of those. And if I can, I want to drive all of those. And so um, with this like big enticing goal of um, the NRLW potentially happening, that's when I decided, yep, I'm going to give League a try and um, went to the Nines format and 
it was just it was actually a big surprise I thought you know I've got those contact skills that's going to help me but I found out that you know it's not all about contact it's about working the rock it's about not just blowing over and getting to your feet as fast as you can those skills that really were in my favor in sevens actually kind of were at my detriment <laughs> in league. so it took me a while to get out of those habits that were just so well drilled into me uh and even now I still kind of find myself going, oh that was a bit quick um but no it, it was a big wake-up call for me and not the easy transition that I thought it would be yeah I just think you should be congratulated for you know having the you know, just, you know, making that decision to make that shift. I mean, it would have been quite easy to kind of sit back and stick with union, but, you know, for you to sort of know deep down that it's something that you wanted to explore and you wanted to chase. And then, you know, what we're going to talk about shortly is uh, you did more than chasing you. Obviously, we're able to sort of make it happen and, you know, it's pretty outstanding. So talk to us about this NRLW experience, you know, when you first sort of, you know, made it. Talk to us about sort of, you know, I guess, you know, trying to give listeners a little bit of a sense of the speed of the game, the intensity, the physicality. Obviously, it's evolved even over the last few years. But, yeah, what was your sort of – how did you uh, how did you sort of step away from the football field after those NRLW games in those early days? Yeah, NRLW was another level up. So I'd only played uh, one season of 13s before we actually rolled into the NRLW. And in that, I had a few niggles as well. So I probably only played six or seven games before I went to NRLW level. And it was painful. <laughs> like In sevens, as you said, you kind of point out there's so much space. It can be really frantic and scary. I kind of thrived in that. I like the thought of space and I feel as though, you know, my speed was on my side at that point in time. But when you go into league and you are running that 10 metres and you were running at a brick wall of forwards, like that's definitely something else. Every single run has to be with more purpose than you thought you ever needed because if you do not have that, then you end up on your back, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly right and then you know sometimes you think you know especially during the start of games where you look at these forwards you look at their athleticism and it's just it just takes you by surprise as to how quick they are you know and but you know obviously the back end of halves when they're starting to get a little bit tired you can get a little bit of revenge on some of those uh, big collision moments that they get at the start of halves so uh, you know obviously reflecting on your um, your time at the Sydney Roosters yeah how would you sort of um, yeah sum up that experience? That was literally all very like moments that were mesmerizing the whole entire time where you were able to kind of walk into the roosters facilities. Everyone who was a part of their staff was like family. That's how they work. So as soon as you walked in and you met a beautiful lady, Kath, who was the EA, she is like, I'm mum. If you need anything, give me a buzz. And you felt like welcome and calm immediately straight away. And all you wanted to do is like make that club proud. Um, knowing that you were the first female to put on that jersey is insane. It's it, it, and, and this is the the consistent thing that we hear about the Sydney Roosters club, you know, especially when it comes to the, the NRLW and the women's game. It's like, well, look, if, if we're going to do this and we are absolutely committed to doing it, we are going to give it our absolute all and make sure that, I mean, what else is there to say? That the club is going to do everything they can to make sure that team's successful. And, um, yeah, obviously sounds like that's sort of the experiences that you had behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, how does, it, how does it feel sort of watching, you know, some of their obviously mixed feelings, you know, given given where you are at currently. But, um, yeah, how do, how do you feel about, you know, the Roosters uh, getting it done in the most recent se- uh, season? 
you know what, like the being at the age that I'm at and watching the growth of the game and also all of this young talent coming through who just they're outstanding, like they have it all. I sit there excited, you know, just as long as the quality of the game is getting better, which it is, we all know that, um, and the females who are playing the game are actually being treated uh, at a level that they deserve, whether that's like financial gain or endorsements or support and well-being, just having those structures put there that support them to be able to be their best and show their best skill set on the field, like, I'm happy. It was, uh, yeah, and it, it definitely, and it was a special run, wasn't it? Like, I think a lot of people look at the NRLW competition, and, and for me, I talk a lot about it from a tournament perspective, only because I want people to realise, for our listeners that, that are a little bit unfamiliar with it, that, that it is, you know, not a lot of games, you don't have a lot of opportunity, you can't be losing football games, this is this is intense stuff, and, you know, one of the things that was, that was great to see with the Roosters is, you know, a bit, bit patchy to start with, but there was never that panic from you know, you kind of knew that that wasn't really Roosters football that we were seeing, and yeah, wow, they they certainly warmed into the task and and got hot at the right time. So so obviously that that's your experience there um, at the Sydney Roosters, and, and and then you obviously had your stint, um, yeah, we, we, with the Warriors. With the Warriors, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, again, it was another one of those callings that I had where I was just like, Warriors is a team that is like pretty much of my heritage. You know, I've got to do something around that, connect back to that before I wrap up. Like I'm playing every year now as if it's my last. And so the way that I decide what team I'm going for is truly to put myself in an environment that I know I'm going to love. And so when the Warriors opportunity was there, I was like, yeah, I'd love to put that jersey on. And what was even better is that I was able to be a part of the team um, doing the first ever hucker in the NRL. Like it got TV you know, TV time that was incorporated in the actual game. So that was pretty amazing for me. You know, something that is so embedded in the culture, having that time put aside. Yeah, that was cool. Guys, we got to see him back, right? we got to get the Warriors back into the competition. Like, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's just disappointing how, how everything's kind of kind of played out. But, um, you know, sitting back, reflecting on it, are you kind of you feeling the same thing as us that, only a matter of time before the Warriors are back in the competition and they're a big part of the future of the women's game? Yeah, they're a big part of the – they are a big part of the future of the game, absolutely. And I can understand why they had to kind of take that time to rebuild and you want to come back and do it properly and do it justice as well. Um, But for me, at the end of the day, you know, that team needs to be in the comp. Yeah, and look out when they arrive. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I'm a Newcastle Knights supporter, so I'm just trying to, you know, we're trying to win some titles over here in the red and blue. But, uh, yeah, when, when the Warriors, when the Warriors, you know, get back in this competition, yeah. they are going to be a headache. They're going to be a problem, that's for sure, and it'll be great to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, Shani, talk, talk to us a little bit about some of your rep honours as well because that, obviously, they're pretty special moments. They're jerseys that I'm sure you're, you, you hold uh, dear dear and you know again memories that you've sort of built so yeah talk to us about some of your uh, representative um, honors and, and some of that experience that you've had yeah like every single time I pull on a jersey as I said I play it's like my last opportunity so every single time is special but um I'd probably go to the time that I represented Samoa um that one was one that is going to stick with me forever like you don't get many opportunities because there are not many test matches or games uh, available for Samoa um so to be in that moment with a lot of young girls coming through as well um, and then get like a podium finish, which was one of the first 
for Samoa to ever get and play against Australia and have that really small margin. We're actually in front for a period of time in that game. It was you could just see the faith and the the optimism and the hope in the girls' faces. Um, and that's great for our country. Yeah, and, and it's interesting where, you know, you see a lot of people from the outside who, I don't know, they're probably a little bit surprised with the success of the NRLW. I mean, we here at Mojo Sports, you know, we, we roll our eyes at that. We're like, you know, we don't like to say I told you so, but we told you so. I, I kind of feel it's the same with the international side of the game. Like the potential there... I mean, obviously, it's another podcast. We'd have to, you know, sit down and chew the fat on that. But it's it, it definitely is a situation where there is so much potential in the international game. Um, you know, we'll get a little bit of a taste of it come World Cup time. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, this could be something over the next – it's hard to put time frames on it, 5, 10, 15 years. But this could be a really important part of the women's game moving forward. Yeah, if we're talking about, like, the Pacifica Nations, yeah. Um, in the NRLW, I know that Pacifica makes up Pacifica and Māori makes up like fifty percent. Yeah. So you take those players and you give them back to their countries, um, and then they will be tier one teams, right? Um, I would really, really love to see like a Pacifica um, round robin. You've got PNG, who's a great quality team. We've all seen that. And then you've got Tonga and Samoa. Just look at the players like Samoa Tafal, all those girls who could just do that one-off round robin and then go back to their teams, just as we do with Origin. Like It would be a phenomenal game to watch yeah it's gonna happen it's uh i mean obviously we're gonna have the, you know i'm just very impatient i want it all now 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 and i think um you know there's a lot of really um you know smart people in and around the game that i'm sure are gonna um build it in the right way no look that that's uh that's a big part of it um obviously you've spoken a little bit about you know the adversity that you've hit throughout your career and you've been fortunate to have you know a very successful union career um you know you've done some amazing things in league as well you will talk about the upcoming season shortly but yeah, I guess we've got to ask you how 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 do you, excuse me how do you tackle that adversity, um, especially some of those injuries you've had. You know, some of them were pretty serious. Talk us through those moments because um, yeah, at times you spoke about you know they're not being funding. Um, you know, you've got to do your day job, family. How does it how does it all sort of work for you? And, and talk talk us through those moments throughout your life. Yeah, looking back now and having well being being a huge passion of mine, I actually don't know how I did it. Um, but if I were to take myself back to my first injury, which would be my ACL, it was literally like nothing's going to stop me from coming back. So I had a very smooth return from my ACL. Uh, I put structures in place and, and obviously out of my own pocket, I paid people to help me. So my return was, was great. I'm very grateful for that. Um, that first injury was kind of the easiest one. The second one, when I tore my hamstring off the bone, that one was kind of like, oh, I'm oh, not sure what's going on here. So um, it was at a pivotal time where there was the um, 15s World Cup and then it was going to be at the same time the League World Cup and I was in both of the squads and I didn't really make a decision of which one. I was just training overtime and that's why my body started to give away so I actually got both of those opportunities taken away with that timing um so coming back from the hamstring tear again it felt a little bit harder and then like most recently I just had a, a freakish tear a, a freakish like a skinning of my kneecap and then that ran into infection and and a couple of surgeries on that so it took a lot longer to heal than what I thought it would but that one's probably the most testing one knowing my time was running out you know, every season, every season counts. And I kind of missed one because of that. Um, and especially with the 
the expansion of the game and the quality of these young girls coming through, man, they're hot on your tails. You can't miss a game, let alone a season. Um, and it's great. I love it as well. Yeah. Um, sorry, you go, Sierra. Um, well, you've spoken about these adversities, right, and we're all sitting here in awe of how you've handled all of this, but you've spoken about well-being being a passion of yours, and I know that's something you're really trying to implement with the players coming through in the game. What does that mean to you now to have this sort of platform almost that you've developed yourself to give other players the support you didn't have? Yeah, I think it's like it's such an, an, a niche for me because right now I'm still playing. So in real time, I'm going through what these players are going through. And I think that's really special because the outside of you, you know, there's a lot of um, wellbeing managers who are older and who have been through the experience, but they're not on the job. You know, you've got the side-by-side collaboration that you can have and and push as well. I think that insight um, is the key. It really is the key, yeah. It, it, it's just, um, it, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, you, you look at like the NRL side of it and it's almost in folklore about, you know, remember the time when the players would just go out there and they'd work all day and then they'd go on train and then they'd go on. As, you know, this is, this is what's happening now, Shani. So you have the absolute insight, you know, exactly what people are feeling, you know, it's like, well, you know, you know, there, you know, there was a player the other day, they you know, weren't sort of training particularly well. It's like, yeah, they just, they just, they just work 40 hours this week. You know what I mean? Or, you know, it's, it, it is incredible, but, but give it, give a little bit of a plug to some of the things you're doing outside. Do you have, um, you know, to talk to us a little bit about some of the things you're doing away from the game. Yeah. Give it a plug. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a breathwork facilitator and I guess that, became one of my passions because I had moments of adversity where my mind was just going crazy and um, I really needed to regulate my nervous system. I actually have chronic fatigue as well. So regulating that nervous system was the first thing I needed to do to be able to rebuild myself and then rebuild my mindset. Um, So that's where I fell into breath work Um, and just doing it over and over with lots of different kinds of people. I'm just learning so much about the importance of slowing down and really sitting with the stuff that you're going through. Um, we get so busy and we are actually busy because we're working full time. We're on that treadmill. You know, once you slow down and wrap up sport is when it all hits you. If you're not kind of filtering through um, on your way along the journey. Yeah. So breath work facilitation as well as um, elite athlete mentoring. So I'll work one-to-one with um, whoever it may be. And you can be a young elite athlete coming through the pathways um, and you can be an older athlete in, in RLW. So I've worked with both. Uh, and just for instance, I one of the girls on my Dragons team, I worked with uh, in the first round this year and she went from being named in the team to having her debut to scoring her first try to then, you know, being one of the most outstanding players by the end of the season. Um, For me to go along that journey with her was like, I felt like ultimate hype girl, but to see someone progress so fast when they have their priorities in the right place um, and also go through that feeling so happy. Yeah. That's important. 
It's uh, it, it's it's so important. Well, look, you know, our listeners, we've got, got a, you know, a lot of listeners from a lot of different backgrounds going through their own. So, yeah, reach out to uh, reach out to Chantal. And, um, yeah, don't necessarily be, need to be rugby league players as well. I speak on behalf of, uh, you know, retired players that are parents, you know, toddlers and things. I think I need to come and see you as well, my friend. But, uh, all right, well, talk to us about, you know, I guess, you know, you spoke a little bit about times running out, you know, in terms of you're sort of towards the back end of your career. But, you know, you want to write the final chapters of your playing career. And, and what does that look like for you at the moment? Tell our listeners um, who you're involved with at the moment and, uh, you know, a bit of a torturous uh, preseason, maybe. But, yeah, talk, talk us through the situation at the moment. Yeah, so I'm with the Dragons at the moment and um, my first season with Sowie and he is a phenomenal coach. You know, I've had my time with many coaches and he would be without tooting his horn, probably number one, like his ability to, he knows the game. He's retired and he's still so close to it, um, but he's actually a very good coach at connecting with players and getting the best out of them. That's what we always want, right? Um, for me, preseason has been exactly what you said, almost torturous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had some time out of the game, right, and I am older, so it takes me a little bit to uh, get up to speed, but um for me, I'm enjoying every single moment, the hard yards, you know, those times where, where I work so hard, I literally think, I asked for this. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, there is one thing, it's, it's like short term, you know, we only have 10 weeks of it at maximum. So I've only got to push for that long. But yeah, these um, young girls in the team, they have so much uh, energy, <laughs> They're all the last. Like I'm loving watching them flourish in this environment. Uh, the Dragons environment as well, like it's on. Like you guys have already pointed out, they've got most of their players back. Two have left and one because she was pregnant and the other one I'd probably say it's because they needed to move with um, a partner and, and that sort of situation. So they've actually retained a majority of their team and there's like no mistake in that. It's a phenomenal environment. Yeah, and it puts you in a really good position too because I just know that, um, you know, this team had the fire in the belly last year. You know, you don't always have to lose one to win one. You know, that's a little bit. Mm. But I'll tell you what, for a team that had the fire in the belly last year and caught a few people by surprise, I could only imagine what that fire looks like um, at the moment. And then, you know, add on top of that your own personal motivation and what that looks like. And, uh, yeah, i got a little bit of love for that coach as well. Jamie Saudi goes okay. So, uh, yeah, look um, – yeah, we're definitely, um, yeah, definitely massive fans of the Dragons there, and wish you guys all, all the all the very best for the season ahead. And then, uh, yeah, just quickly, um, what does the future look like for you? I mean, you've got so many things. Um, the world really is your oyster at the moment. You know, you've obviously you know got your, the rest of your playing career to kind of play out, and then you've got these businesses that you've put in and a lot of time, and you've seen a lot of success. I mean, I don't know. I'm just getting a lot of coach vibes from you, my friend. You know, with all your experience and knowledge, but. Um, yeah, you're excited about, you know, what post-footy kind of looks like for you as well? I am, and I feel exactly as you say, like the world is my oyster. Um, COVID, the, that time we had um, a slower period of time, I just threw in all the study that I could and really started my business, and that's where it began to blossom. So I think that is key as well. That's given me a bit of comfort in when footy comes to an end. You know, I have a passion that I have made my job um, just as much as footy has been my passion for 21 years. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about it. No, I think you're going to be putting yourself in a really good position and to be able to utilize all the things you've learned, all that experience 
experience. Uh, I think those that get the opportunity to work with you, um, yeah, very, very lucky. But uh, as were we, very, very lucky to have you on the show, but we don't get off that easy. We're going to carry you forward through our final segment for tonight, uh, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is sitting in closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, let's continue on with our player mini-series, a little bit of an MVP series we've got going on here. We've been uh, working our way through different positions across the competition. Uh, it, it hurts our head, really, to think about the best player in a position at the moment. Good luck. But this week we're talking about our outside backs. We're talking about our wingers. We're talking about, um, yeah, again, another very, very talented group across the competition. Um, Mon, going to start with you. Who caught your eye when it comes to wingers? Um noting there are a lot of younger players coming through as well who will um, yeah, probably be part of this conversation in a few weeks' time. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Dan. It's, it's hard to choose just one, that's for sure. Um, I really had to think about this and scratch my head when thinking about um, who my MVP winger is. But I'm going to have to go with, um, you know, kind of the – I know there's lots of up-and-coming wingers and young guns coming through, and I'd love to see it, but – um, I've always been a fan of Tiana Penitani's. Um, We know that she is a tri-square machine. She is so strong on the wing. She's a New South Wales Blues representative. Um, and, yeah, you know, she, she's she's done so much for the sport. Um, and I just think her experience and her, um, her knowledge is, is just going to continue on and keep growing for the game. So I'm very excited to see what Tiana has this season. Yeah, as am I. And, you know, there's a few of these players who, you know, sort of started off their campaigns a little bit quiet in that in that first sort of season. This competition, I just get a bit of a sense that some of these out-and-out stars are going to hit the ground running. So, uh, yeah, Tana, keep keep an eye on her for sure. Look, for me, Karina Brown, goose. I mean, what a out-and-out superstar, legend of the sport. She's been for quite a long time, but she just continues to bring the heat. And uh, the way in which she brings back that football, it is just unbelievable um, I'd love to, you know, get in touch with her and just say, mate, you've got to, got to, got to take care of that body. She just has absolutely no fear. Um, and obviously, you know, she's one of the best finishers in the game. She always finishes her work there and uh, finishes off opportunities. So, um, yeah, and, and an awesome person as well. We, we all know all the things Karina is doing for our game at the moment, out and out superstar. Um, Sienna, you get, um, you get to jump in here. Um, you get the opportunity to play against a few of these and try and chase them down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, have you got a, got a winger for me? Wouldn't quite say my speed's there enough to chase down a winger, but the definition of a young gun, Tegan Berry, without a doubt, has to be my winger of the season. She's just shown us how good she is over and over again. She's only tiny, but, man, she can tackle and she runs that ball up hard and she's, like, lightning fast. So I'm very excited to see Tegan in this upcoming NRL season. Um, it's going to be just awesome. Yeah, I think she's going to be, uh, you know, camp responsibly. I think she's going to be scoring a few tries, that's for sure. Uh, Chantel, jump in. Um, yeah, obviously, this is uh, this is a, a group that you're very passionate about. You got a love, you got a lot of love for them. Um, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, you've 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 played alongside a lot of these plays. But yeah, who, who's caught your eye at the moment? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same as Sienna because Tegan Berry. I've got a lot of insight at the moment, having trained with her, and she's she's an absolute weapon. Weapon, and I'd say that specialist winger. Like she has been a winger in every single game and outstanding in it. And she covers so much ground in a blink of an eye. She's like at the other side of the field. She's a freak. 
Yeah, and I'm getting this printed on a T-shirt because I say it every single week. But again, some of these younger players, what does it look like in five years' time? You know, when they continue to learn some of the more you know subtle parts of their position as well, it's really scary and incredible to think what they're doing at their age. So there we go. There's a bit of a wrap-up of the wingers. Um, but yeah, cannot wait for this competition. It's going to be an absolute beauty. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And Chantel, thank you so much for uh, for diving in and uh, yeah, joining Mojo Sports tonight. We really do appreciate it. I think um, you know you have an incredible story talking about you know playing in multiple codes, overcoming adversity. You know, building your side businesses as well, which we're really excited about. But again, we spoke a little bit about those final chapters not quite being finished off yet, and we're really excited to see what that looks like for you um, and the Dragons. So wishing you all the very best for the upcoming campaign, and uh, we'll be tuning in closely. Excellent, excellent. All right, team and our listeners, thank you very much for your support. Numbers keep going through the week, uh, through the roof each and every week. We're loving that. How can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.